0: Hey everybody, welcome to the off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast that is really still trying to get over this cold. This is going to be the rebroadcast from our guest quest segment with Anorian, a Twitch streamer that does a lot of RPG stuff, has also done some actual plays, and even done voiceover work for none other than Dimension 20. Guy was a blast to talk to, super accommodating about coming on our show and spending a little time with us to talk about video games, being a dad, and a number of other topics. As always, the best way to show appreciation for the people who come on our show, be sure to head over to their links down in the show notes and give them a follow, a like, a shout out, a review, anything you can do to thank them for coming on and spend a little time with us in our corner of the Twitch universe. As a reminder, we are Twitch affiliates now and we stream every Thursday like clockwork at 730 Central Standard Time, PM, ams for suckers In addition to that Thursday stream, we frequently add nights throughout the month, so be sure to get over to twitch.tv forward slash gmdlcast and give us a follow so you'll get a notification when we go live, and head over to Twitter and follow us at gmdlcast because we also post there. Even if watching streaming's not normally your thing, we do recommend that you get over there and check it out because while we do rebroadcast our interview shows and some of our DMsplainings as podcast content, there's a lot of video content, like the fight night we just recently had with Bard Rock Cafe that just isn't going to translate well to straight audio and will stay as video content on Twitch before it goes over to our YouTube channel. So check it out. And of course, our standard disclaimers, the Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast or Twitch stream, as it turns out, due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, slightly less violence and gore on the stream, but there is an animated bear. In addition, this is a rebroadcast of the audio from a live stream, so it's a little less edited, there's a few more bits, bobs, ums, and ahs, but the people that we speak to are really engaging and have some cool things to say. And so we think it's worth checking it out. Cool. That's going to do it. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Hey, hey, everybody. Turner here with a uh, special Friday edition of Guest Quest. Uh, joining me is uh, Moyle Mossberg. Moyle, say Hey. Hey. Okay, that I guess I guess I did oh. specifically ask for that. No, no, that's okay, that's okay. Uh, w- uh, joining us for uh, for our this episode of Guest Quest uh, is Josh, aka Anorient. Anor- you just Anor-ian. told me how to say it. It's Damn it, Anorient. Uh, Josh is uh, also known as AKA Gamer Dad. Can be found at twitch.tv forward slash Anorient, uh, streaming a variety of video games, old and new. He's a TTRPG DM. Player and developer, a voice actor who's appeared in media such as Dimension Twenty and has been featured on both D and D Beyond and Dragon Talk, as well as a constant fundraiser for charity. And I do want to talk about Jasper's when we get a minute. uh, When we get kind of get into this a little bit, Um, I did a uh, game with Jasper's. God, has it been a year? Maybe two years ago. Um, It was such a great experience, and it's it's definitely a charity. I think that, that that does some fantastic work. But before we get too far into it, welcome, sir, and thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, especially thank you for the fact that I I totally beefed sending the booking link. So, uh, he, uh, Josh was uh, kind enough to be like, Hey man, uh, you totally forgot to uh, to get us ready for, for for this. Can you? I was like, oh crap! That's right. That is that is now. That is now. So um, let, let's let's kind of start uh, with uh, with kind of our uh, our main focus, uh, which is TTRPGs. Um, what uh, you know, I know you stream a lot of RPGs on your stream, but as a a DM for TTRPGs, what's, what's the system you probably DM the most?
1: Uh, okay, D- uh, okay. So that's hard. Um, <laughs> in, if we're talking DMing specifically, yeah. Um, it, it, this again. So I've DM'd publicly, like on mm-hmm. stream, for the first time three months ago. Like I've been a player, plenty, but as a front-facing right. on-stream DM, first time was about three months ago, and it was five E. But like just DMing in general, I've done plenty. I would probably say the one I've done the most in life is like third edition D and D but I like, I'm, I'm in my thirties. First time I ever played at all was in the third grade. It was mm-hmm. the, the good old fashioned D and D basic rules. cyclopedia. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. yeah.
1: You know, they go and I explain this to people all the time. Like back when there was seven classes and it was fighter, thief, magic user, uh, cleric, and then elf. halfling, yep. dwarf, and elf yep. work classes. Stuff like that. So, yeah. it's been a minute, um, but the systems I've DM'd and played and had the most fun with uh, be 3rd edition, 5th edition, and then two more somewhat oddball ones. Um, the Marvel Universe role-playing game, which, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the one that's coming out yeah, uh, next year or so, uh, there, it was one from about 15
0: years ago with the, with the weird color coded chart system that was all d de- like percentile based was it that i forget what the name no, of the system no. no, no. Was. so
1: actually there was no dice whatsoever Oh, that's wow. one of the things i loved about it it was something yeah. really cool there was stones which was you oh, had wow. health like they would give you like they recommended like little glass beads yeah. red ones and clear ones or white ones or whichever um but just make sure you know which was which and you had stones for health and then you had stones for energy and so let's just say your maximum was nine energy. And then you have your basic various skills, uh, martial arts, fire manipulation, whatever it was. And you would put X number of stones of effort into your skill. And you were like limited by how high a number that could be. And it was this whole interact and you would get a bonus based on how high the number was. It was a whole interactive thing, but the basic end point was heroes don't like, which we all know is really true. Mm-hmm. But the mechanical goal they were going for was heroes. Don't, become heroes and win all the time because of luck they win because they fight their hardest. So it's how much effort you put in versus your opponent to defend against you and so on, which was cool. And then the system that got me was like the fourth one that I did the most, which was like my gateway into a lot of my online role playing, especially like in high school via forums and things like that, Mm -hmm. which it wasn't the first one I ever did. The first website I ever did any type of online role-playing was this old website called storycrafter.com. And you Mm. can do D and D you could do free form RP, you could do whatever. And someone was like a final fantasy based role-playing game. And I was like, I'm in whatever. And they're like, we're using the final fantasy RPG third edition rules. You can find it over here. And I clicked that link and went to the returners forums at the time, as it was known which all that's defunct, but to give you an idea how much I love it, mm. I have a printed out 400 page binder <laughs> in nice. my closet. Nice. I hand, I printed out the mm. rules and got like a big three inch binder from Staples. I annotated it, put like uh, color coded separators by chapter, all yeah. of it. But and that's another the other one that I've done a lot of. Which was really it felt like Final Fantasy, which is what made it fun. Cool. So man. those would be the ones that I'm most Like, if you give me any of those, any of the four I mentioned, and you're like, hey, I need you to DM a game tomorrow. Like, all I got to work on is figuring out a plot, but I'm comfortable enough with the rule sets across the board. They're like, "Okay, cool. I got this.
0: Yeah. The the Marvel game I was thinking of was the one from, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s. It used the the, the face rip system was what they called it. F A S E. R.I.P. and I played multiple games and had multiple characters and I couldn't explain to you to this day how to do it. It was oh, a, yeah. a, a a extremely complicated system. So, um, so so you're you're you kind of get into it in third grade. Um, you come back and you've you've done some of it public recent publicly recently. You were very very publicly most recently on Dimension Twenty. Um, yes, I, talk a little bit about that journey and and, and I mean because man I'm a huge Brendan Lee Mulligan fan. That guy is Sam. so... Such an incredible dungeon master, and just and just uh, advocate for uh, improv and and the, the the system and everything itself. Give us a give us a little bit of the inside scoop. So
1: in the Shriek Week season of uh, Dimension Twenty, which was DM'd by a buddy of mine, and it's funny. The best part of the story is it like it comes full circle mm-hmm. for me, anyways. Uh, by uh, Gabe James Games, mm-hmm. uh, real life name Gabriel Hicks great dude. I've known him for years. Um, they had a whole bit that was going to happen periodically throughout where they were like, listen, and during the recording of the actual in person thing, they were like, okay, we're going to have a, uh, a, a we're going to have a, a radio show that happens throughout. I'm sorry. I keep saying, uh, and uh, and my brain should just misfiring. Nah, uh, so right. We're going to have a radio show that plays throughout. And it's going to be like the, because the characters are all uh, college. Mm-hmm. They're all attending colleges like the Wolfman or what have well related to the Wolfman, so on and so forth. And so they were like, "Hey, we're going to have a radio show playing from the college radio hosts, and it's going to be Swamp Thing and Wild Wolf Welfin who." from what I understand canonically is the nephew of Jawbone for those of you who have been oh, following Dimension oh 20 God, for a bit. yes. Yeah, it all yeah. connects. Well, it all connects. Yeah, that's great. I didn't realize it's it tied It's the same universe. Yeah. We didn't, they didn't explicitly say it, but that right. was one of the things I was kicking back and forth. So, uh, and the great thing about it, so, um, you know, I've been doing voice over auditions, this like that, for a while. Uh, but the first major voiceover audition I ever submitted, which I didn't get the role, but the first major one, like I went all, like I was looking for it, had the equipment, got the room prepped, did everything and recorded like actual blinds of, okay, this character's lines and this voice, and can, like these are the sample lines, so on and so forth, was for a visual novel dating game called Hidden Treasures. Okay. And it's like a visual novel dating game where all the characters are goblins. Okay. So they're obviously you know cute goblins by and large, but they're sure. goblins. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and there was going to be role playing aspects and things like that. It looked really cool, and it was being handled and it was being run the Kickstarter and all of it, by Gabe Hicks. Mm-hmm. And I went through the auditions, uh, didn't end up getting any of the roles, but you know I followed up. I was like, hey Gabe, you know, appreciate the opportunity to audition. Da uh, I just wanted to say, you know, if you've got time, uh, could you give me any feedback? on any of my stuff, what you thought, just stuff I could work on for the future as a budding voice actor. And he took the time out. He was like, listen, you know, you're good at this. You're good at that. You actually were one of the final people for this role. And we ended up going this way, but you were one of the final possible candidates and all that. Just said a lot of really, really reaffirming stuff, like stuff that I don't know, like if he had taken the chance to cut me down at the knees, and that was one of my first, attempts or he, you know, or if he was just like a bad, (laughs) a a harsh person or what have you, uh, I don't know that I'm still, right. Uh, that that I'm still attempting it today, but no, he really reaffirmed me. And that was something that drove me pretty consistently. So then, uh, the creative director for dimension 20, Orion D. black shout outs to Orion, good Mm -hmm. buddy of mine uh, at this point. Um, reaches out to me and they're like, Hey, listen, uh, we got a project we've been working on nothing. Like I'm not talking about bringing you in or anything, but you know, we, we need a little voiceover work. I think your voice would be perfect for what I'm looking for. Would you be interested? Yeah, sure. And lo and behold, like what the project was dimension 20 and it was in fact, Shriek week and the original plan. So the end, the end result ended up being me recording with Gabe even though he was live in studio, he also did that recording session as Wild Wolf Welfin. Right. But the original plan was going to be, especially because it was Nephew of Jawbone, that Mm. Brennan was going to record Welfin. But then scheduling conflicts. In fact, I actually started the scheduling conflicts the exact week everything finally came down. Like, okay, we've got everything set. We've got our audio guy ready. Boom. This is the day we're going to do it. Ironically enough, of all the places... I ended up traveling to LA mm. because I got invited to a a, a networking thing, what have you. Sure. And so it's one of those situations where it's like, ironically i'm actually going to be there physically in person (laughs) now i'm also willing to just show up like i have my vaccination status yeah and i'm gonna have to get tested before i leave i'm willing to physically do it in person but then so that was potentially on the table but then there was a whole last second situation to where i flew in and Mm. the exact same time brennan flew out and it was a whole thing so we adapted but it was still ended up being really good yeah um And the good thing about it is like one thing I will say for the the back end folks Mm -hmm. of Dimension 20, for Orion, for David, for all of them, is they are all super they're communicative, and they're it's not that they like they obviously have an idea of what is funny, what isn't funny, what's working, what's not working, but they they understand people's workflow, mm-hmm. and so they're very receptive to trying different ideas. Yeah. and like we'll work until we find something. because I was workshopping like three or four or five different voices before. and then you know, I'm talking with Ryan. I was like, I'm thinking, maybe do this, thing, maybe do that. And I was like, and then eventually I just joked and I was like, or oh, you know what? I could do it like Casey Case, I'm hitting American top 40. And all Ryan's just like, hold on. There you go. And, that. and I was like, so it's going to sound kind of something like this. Casey, <laughs> casey American top 40. And so then we tweaked it a bit until we got, this is like, it's got to be a college student, mm-hmm. but that's, and it's just because we're going to try different things until we get there. And it's yeah. a super open group that's like, listen, we know people have their own Things and they were just wonderful to work with, top to bottom. Like they, they made me feel welcome from the beginning. They made me feel like a professional from the beginning. Uh, they were, they were very understanding about everything. Just aces group of people, top to bottom.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the ships planes passing the night aspect of it is not something that you normally would think would come up in in voice work but that's still a really a really cool dimension of that not no pun intended dimension of that story um, but um, yeah, uh, exactly. hey nailed it boom um so you um you've also got that you uh ttrpg dm player and developer what yes. what's what, what's going on on the development side
1: so uh, it's taking a little bit longer than I wanted because I've been, I've had a buddy of mine helping me with crunching some numbers and workshopping it because I just want to drop it and be ready and also making it look nice. But um, I've been developing stuff as far as like my first stuff that's coming out is going to be mechanical, but I also have non-mechanical stuff. Mainly, um, I have a world that I've got reams and reams mm-hmm. of written down like in Evernote just every detail imaginable. I can tell you, like breaking down the political hierarchy of every major country and how they all defer random people of importance, the map, I have a map drawn out, the breakdown of populations, this, that, or the other that I've been working on for years. So I do plan on putting that out as a thing right? eventually. Uh, but prior to that, as like just a a system agnostic supplemental thing. Now, what I'll probably do is lay like, here's some ideal stat blocks across a variety of systems yeah. that you can adapt
0: in different yeah. ways, but it's just going to be a here, take it and run with it situation. Kind of a system agnostic setting that can, with some guides yeah. on where to adapt it to. Yep. And like, here's some different
1: quest lines you can run and here's this and here's that. And otherwise go for it, run it, do your thing. Just an idea of anyone who wants a big, fun, epic adventure for their, you know, their group that they can pick up and run with. But as on the mechanical side of things, I'm working on two separate classes oh, that nice. I want to drop not subclasses like straight right. up classes right. which is part of why it's so hard because like yeah. in subclasses like I just basically got to run it along a preset of abilities and be like okay we're going to fill this in we're going to fill this in and it's just got to make it something feel a bit more fledged, uh, f- fleshed out
0: yeah Classes as a whole takes a big more. Dude, that's what, uh, th- just the transition, and I and this is something that a lot that I didn't realize till I started taking it on. The transition of what you would homebrew and what you would use in your game to turning it into a to a forward facing pub, written publication yeah. because that's what I you know one of our Patreon benefits is DM notes right. And I went okay cool mm-hmm. I'll take this pile of stuff I'll grab the DMs guild style sheet and I'll start plugging it in no problem. It's a lot more it's a lot oh, yeah. more than i thought it's a lot i'm like five oh, yeah. pages in um so about a and month or- saying nothing
1: of like the balancing of it all yeah
0: oh and this yeah this is just pure i haven't even gotten into the wackadoo shit that we've we've thrown into the yeah. podcast like bags of hammers and you know dick wizardry um so well, there's, well, you know, there's a whole level of balance that uh we are not a family friendly show sorry uh <laughs> So, uh, so, but yeah, man, that that is a whole extra level of challenge that on the surface, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just write it up. And like, no, no, no. No, that you yeah, welcome to play testing like i took um i took uh the oh shoot what is the name of the i took a, a basically a um a writer's course for uh encounter development and they're like okay now here's the section of the course where you're going to play test your little encounters with the other class members It's was like oh wait i didn't know there would be sharing with the class but like that, that they ingrain right from the very beginning it's like no 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 before anybody else can see this you need to run it through the ringer a few times mm-hmm. um and, and it's been um that's been one of the, the nice things about the the podcast the narrative aspect of the podcast is my son uh came to me the same week that i started doing you know doing D &D for for kind of Broadcast purposes, and said, "Hey, Dad, have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons?" And I was like, "Yes, son, I certainly have heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Come, welcome." Uh, and uh, uh, so I had, I was actually able to play test stuff with my family before I threw it at the mm. the party of five, and now I have got some of the contacts that I'm doing it in. But, um, uh, uh, but speaking of kids, one of your identities is the is the gamer dad. Um, yeah. Are are you? Do you? Uh, are you doing? tabletop role playing games with the
1: kiddo or i actually introduced it to both of them so i have two boys uh ages eight and seven Mm -hmm. uh gideon and joel and uh, a couple months ago i was basically like you know what oldest one's in third grade first time ever played was in third grade Mm -hmm. let's give it a shot see what they like if they like it cool if they don't like it whatever and i had already had uh the players handbook and dm's guide and so i knew i had one but just for the fun of it um the starter kit and the essentials kit were both on sale and i was like i know one of them had a map and they have yeah. like little cards that you can give to people to hold on to that have like the order mm-hmm. of uh operations for a combat and things like that, like little visual aids that I knew would help. And I was like, between the two of them, I ended up paying like 21 bucks on sale. I was like, I'm not going to fight about it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I sat down like, you know what? I'm going to teach you guys a new game. Like, okay, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, it's kind of like a board game, you know, but it's, you're going to use your imagination. I'm going to tell you a story and you're going to tell me the things you can do and I'll help you guys understand Mm -hmm. what you can do. And so we got but first we got to make a character and we spent the whole night making a character and they came up with a Gideon. They they took the nicknames that I say call them sometimes, mm-hmm. and that became their character names. So it became Gijimu the Brave oh, and nice. Jolomo the Beast. <laughs> I want to be clear about this. The brave and the beast. Like mm-hmm. there was they were written very differently in that regard. Um, but you know, it was a really fun experience making the characters with them, and you know, I got to have a little fun. And real nice moments mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, um, I was like, okay, now we got to pick our character's race. And it's like, okay, what do you want to be? And, um, and, Gidge wanted to being a tiefling paladin and Joel was trying to decide what to be. Cause he rolled he decided to roll a ranger. He wanted to be able to use a bow and arrow. And it was like, okay, well, well, what do you like? And he was like, the drow look cool, but can they be good guys? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, are you a good guy? Yeah. Yeah. Then okay. That's all you gotta know. And you know, just to be completely blunt, like the cool thing about that, especially having that conversation like so genuinely, is I am clearly like I am what can only be described as like like painfully white, like aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Like, right? like aggressively white um but my my kids are both mixed they're both half black mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where you know it was just it was very natural conversations i got to yeah. have that kind of stuff and just set that from the beginning like yeah there's no i was like there's no good no no nothing is all good all bad just,
0: yeah so you want to be a drow and be a hero okay be a drow and be a hero it was yeah, really nice that's that's um, awesome man and it, it's it's dude it's so important to be able to do that you know because that's that's very much tied into the the origins of even our our podcast and our show jazz when he first started playing D d had the opposite experience with the people that onboard him he was like hey i want to be a black elf and they were like well that means you're, drowned. you're drowned. Yeah. you have to be evil and he was like wait what no that's that's not yeah. cool and so even so that when he you know, when we were starting up, give me the loot. He's like, well, I want to, I want to play a high elf. Is it cool if I'm black? I'm like, I don't understand the question. And I'm sorry that you, had to ever be put into a position where you felt like you had to ask that right. question, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, we actually just did our, uh, you know, we, uh, we, you know, our class is our, our cast is 50% POC and the, you know, we did a kind of a follow-up conversation just a week ago about representation in uh, maybe two weeks ago. I the time is a flat circle. Um, yeah. uh, about- Everything for the last
1: two years, as far as i have concerned, has all happened simultaneously. Well, it, but I wake it, up each day and it's only been two days since yes. the pandemic started.
0: It has been the longest and shortest two days of the last two years. Yeah, it's uh, just
1: been, it's all been one pile and then there's the free <laughs> time and then there's this pile Damn. and then there's today. That's but, it.
0: But the, just kind of digging back into, you know, obviously there's been a lot of attention and voice paid to it, taking away some of the institutionally built-in issues in specifically dnd but the ttrpg oh, yeah. space as a whole oh, yeah. and that yeah there's been a little progress but would you it's something that we've just got to keep grinding and keep grinding and keep grinding until we until we feel that it's uh, that it's better um and, and yeah i mean that's that and the you know i think for the most part i mean again there's assets everywhere but for the of most course. part the ttrpg space and the community around it is an incredible group of inclusive and just it's such a such a broad variety of people that are participating in it i think i do have a lot of hope for where it can go long term
1: oh absolutely and you know and it's just like yeah. the terrible folks they they get zero tolerance mm-hmm. period as far as i'm concerned oh, yeah. like and, and it's like to give you an idea this is Nowhere near. This isn't even the first time I've specifically heard the story from a, a, a him he, to he. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The guy, jazz. Jazz. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to see that from a black
0: man. Right.
1: Stating their story of one of their earliest CTRPG learning experiences being, I want to play, I want an elf, but black and being told, but that means you're a drow, and That is a problem because you can't play that. And it's like, no, I just want to be a black elf. And this being a robot, that specific story, it's not even the first time I've heard that story in the past Again, it was right. all one muck of time, but since Gen Con, yeah. uh, another buddy of mine pretty much told the same story. So it's it's a universal thing and it needs to be it needs to be taken care of. But what's good about it is there are several groups, and it's one of the things I loved about working with Dimension 20, is they are they genuinely are like, no, we need to. We need to bring in different voices. Yeah, we, it's it's there's it's not an offense. It is quite simply, we have heard so many of these stories before. Mm. We need new stories. Yeah, and it's why I loved when they were eventually like, they just said flat like when they brought in Abria for DMing a season and then brought in Gabe for DMing a season. And they had an FAQ that came out around the same time as Shriek week to answer some questions. And it was mostly things like, you know, what is Shriek week? It's a mm. show coming for running for four weeks. And what system is it running? Okay. Who's the DM, Gabe? And what's the system? Da, da, da. You standard questions. But then eventually, uh, why is Brennan not in this season at all was one of the questions. Right. And they just flatly answered uh, if we want to grow, as a group, we cannot be eternally tied to Brennan. Yeah. Brennan is in uh, Brennan is wonderful. He's talented. He's incredible. But if Brennan is in everything we do, mm-hmm. we're not to mention 20, the vast group of ideas. We are Brennan and Fred. Yeah.
0: You're the Brennan Lee Mulligan show. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's nothing.
1: And what's, and one thing I will say, and I have, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, me and Brennan rub elbows all the time. No, (laughs) I know him more or less secondhand as a person, like on a personal basis. But my best friend in the world is genuinely friends with him. I've got other friends who I'm very close with who are friends with him. And like, they one and all point out, like, Brennan is a-okay, 100%. Like, yeah, no, we, I want... More people to write. Like he is all on yeah. board with. We need to get people who aren't getting shots yeah. to get shots. Get them here and watch. Let's see what we can do. Let's let's become a vector of growth and an yeah. explosion and a potential. And it's important that there are groups out there doing that and that are saying, "No, we're not just going to be you know five white guys named
0: Steve. You yeah.
1: know, we we need to do better."
0: Andrew, you got any questions so far, buddy? I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to steamroll you here. Uh,
1: no, no, I don't know who who Brandon is, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, Andrew. Andrew <laughs> sounds Andrew's, like a nice guy, though. Andrew's is. this Good is up. Andrew's second time playing D and D on the podcast. Uh, Harland, it's his first time. So we have a, we have a broad range of experience levels, and so uh, some. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more of a. Uh, I I don't know, man. I, like I I'm not a big. Um, uh, uh, oh, oh God! Uh, they're the biggest show on the face of the planet. They just got a cartoon. And I'm totally drawing, drawing a blank. Uh, critical. I'm not a big Critical Role guy. Um, it mm-hmm. just never. It just never clicked with me. Not that what they do isn't great. I just never. It's just like that's not. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely more on the Dimension Twenty Nad Pod kind of kind of side of things, and, and um, it's uh, it, so I'm a little bit more of a junkie when it comes to the the, the stuff that's out there. We, we I get different varying levels of. Body with a cast so i'm like yeah do it like so for so I'll, I'll do references all the time they're like yeah we don't we don't know what you're talking talking about dude right. can, can you put it in the in the context of a uh of a wii game in andrew's case so um so you you just uh, andrew did you play speaking of wii games did you play fire emblem at all andrew just uh no
1: i played well i played GameCube. Wii is a little too advanced of a console for me uh mm-hmm. and um i i did not play fire emblem I think the only RPG I played was monster hunter for the, uh, game boy color. And, uh, something happened and it shit the bed like halfway through or something. Like, you know, I'm like, I save after very little progress and, you know, like play 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, whatever. And, uh, it made me restart. And I was like, Oh, come on. And, uh, (laughs) you know start with the gumdrop or whatever the slime is and uh so but what, what is your what's your history with um console um rpgs oh, how far oh. how far back do you go <laughs> oh yeah basically like jokes aside as far back as the turn-based RPG, mm-hmm. uh, like, I'm not going to be like, I played the first RPG. I'm like, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and be like, you know, I was, you know, using a an Intellivision to play, you know, uh, uh, something along those lines. A- Adventure,
0: but, the one where you're a little dot and the dragon looks like It's not even burr, where we yeah.
1: just doot, 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 unless you get the little attachment add-on for the sound. Yeah. Um, no, but like going back, my I straight up cut my teeth like on NES, Mm -hmm. I still have to this day my NES cartridge of Final Fantasy. Um, but the games that I credit, like where I was old enough to genuinely appreciate the RPG elements, fully understand what I was doing, and really be into it, uh, that I credit as like the reasons why I love RPGs as video games, Mm -hmm. um, was on Super Nintendo, was uh, Super Mario RPG, and Final Fantasy IV, which at the time when it came out in America was Final Fantasy II on the Super NES. Like Mm -hmm. those are the two games that I'm like, oh, I love this. (laughs) It's not the only thing I play. I still do plenty of platformers, adventure games, things like that. But RPGs are straight up a game that I love. And that's really where the love started.
0: So so Saga Nadao saying was hoping for some awakening talk. So Like Fire Emblem Awakening? I believe that. Yes, I believe that's what... I I believe we've titillated them with some Fire Emblem Awakening hints. So would you you talk a little bit about Fire Emblem Awakening?
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, I... So the first... I am willing to describe myself. I tell people all the time, there are very few times when I'm willing to be like, I'm the biggest fan of this. I'm the biggest fan of that. I am willing to actually say in almost any room I walk into, I'm the biggest fire emblem fan here. Like I'm willing to stake that claim because the first one that came to America on the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. was just titled Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. That was actually the seventh game in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny that a lot of people got very confused by it because like Super Smash Brothers Melee came out on the GameCube and there were these characters, Marth and Roy, yeah, blue haired swordsman and red haired swordsman. Red-haired guy, yeah, Well, Marth was from the very first game and also the third game, which was a remake of the first game, but it had two halves and like the second half was an all new story tied with the first And then Roy was from the sixth one. It was also on Game Boy Advance. And it was like a, the the one that came to America was like a prequel to that one. So they get it and they're like, the main character is this red haired swordsman with blue armor. Okay, it's Roy. Well, no, it's his dad. Ellie would, it's a whole thing. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, there's clearly more to this series. I got to look into it. The first time I ever played, you know, I got the cartridge Mm. shortly after it came out. Like I'd seen a thing in Nintendo power. I was like, this looks cool. Let me check it out. Instantly fell in love, yeah, and looked into the series, found out about the fact that it literally goes back to technically the Famicom, since it never came to America to call it the NES. And since then, I own a physical copy of every game that's come out out here in the states, and you know I buy them like when they come out and play them immediately. And I've gone and played every version of it that hasn't come out in the States via like translation patches and things like that. Mm. And awakening is actually a vi- It's funny that that got brought up. Cause I was talking about this with someone the other day. Awakening is actually a very important game in the series. Okay. It is. I tell people all the time. It's the game. I credit for being why fire emblem is now genuinely popular mm. okay. out in the West, because yep. for up until that game, it was like this series that people had maybe heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I remember Roy and Marth from Smash. That's kind of it, unless you found like a diehard fan. And then Awakening came out. And the thing that did it was, prior to Awakening, one of the hallmarks of Fire Emblem was you go into a map and you can like reset a map from the beginning at any time. But when you go into a map, and you, you're doing the whole, the, the whole chapter on a map and fighting enemies and doing this in tactical combat, if your character dies, mm-hmm. they're dead. Yep. There is no way to revive them. They are permanently dead. And then Awakening, which, you know, it's, it provides a level of heightened tension, but oh, you yeah. know that could be a thing. Awakening comes out, and it adds a new thing, like There'd been plenty of games, that, plenty of Fire games that had difficulty options, like easy, medium, hard, but Awakening had difficulty options, and then separately had a choice between classic mode or casual mode. Mm-hmm. And in casual mode, no permadeath. If your unit dies, at the end of the map, they're back up, keep it moving. Yep. And that accessibility being added, like, it's been in the series since then, mm-hmm. and so many people now are more willing to try it because the other, they're not, I cannot tell you how many people who I've known have been like, uh, the permadeath turns me off. And as soon as I tell them, if you've played anything since, like if they had heard of it before that, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, if you played anything since awakening, you can turn it off. And they're like, wait, does that put it in easy mode? And I'm like, no, you still put it in hard mode. Just put it on casual and you can, and they're like, oh, okay. I'm willing to try it now. And it's just, it's not as daunting to step into. And that's the main thing is just, and this is why I tell people all the time, I'm all for easy modes. I'm all for anything in that sense to add. Like I want accessibility in general. Yeah. But part of that is I want you to add difficulty option, things like that, because that'll let someone get into it. Mm -hmm. And I know people who have literally started, like, let me put it on easy mode on casual, And now they know how to play and know the mechanics and they're like, oh yeah, Yeah. hard mode, classic, let's do this. And I'm not going to reset if anyone dies. Iron Man runs. Okay, cool. But they needed to be able to feel like they could approach it in the first place.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. There is, I think XCOM notoriously has has a reputation for that as well. And I love the XCOM games. I can't play the XCOM games because I, I take, it's like two steps forward. I am in a constant state of, okay, two steps forward, stop, panic. Go back, and the uh, the most recent version, um, where the missions very frequently have a turn timer or a round timer, where you can't be ultra cautious in the way that you play. It's just like I'm not going to save scum this thing for four hours for me to get through one map. So I just, oh yeah, I can't, I can't handle it because I don't want to lose Steve. Steve, he's he's my boy. My boy Blue, he's my heavy gunner. Um, it was, absolutely. it just, it it ramps it up so much, man. And and you have think, you're absolutely right. There's that. There's watching somebody progress and go from kind of beginner level to invest more and more in a game is is such a cool thing, especially with kids. Like like my son started playing Breath of the Wild really right before he was probably really ready to be playing it from a coordination standpoint. So when he first started playing Breath of the Wild, it was, hey, I'll go and get you a horse. And then it was literally just a horse riding simulator for him. He would just ride around on a horse as Lincoln, and then climb around and, and play. And then over the span of about a year and a half, he started to kind of develop to where he could engage in more and more systems to where at the end of it, he'd learned, literally had turn, inverted the controls and turned the language to Korean because my daughter's taking Chinese uh, or maybe it was Chinese. So he, he changed the language to Chinese because my daughter's taking that in high school. And it was like, yeah, check it out how I'm playing now on master mode. I'm like, I, you've yeah. su- you've surpassed me in so many ways, my son. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, and- no, all I was gonna and- say is my kids, and it's one thing, one of the things I'm
1: happiest about, uh, I, I ended up getting a PS5, like from the initial batch that came out, and I got Miles Morales Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I had not played like the PS4 2018 Spider Man. Yeah. So it was good. I got to check out both. But um, one of the difficulty options was literally, uh, it was, it's like a story difficulty. Like, and it yep. literally said, like, you cannot die in combat. Yeah, they, you, you can't. You will always be able to get back up. And I was really glad that I was in there. And there were so many people who tell her like, "This is the babyification of games." I'm like, I don't know if you realize, me as a dad, like I'm, I'm in my 30s. I don't need that. Yeah, I'm playing it on a harder difficulty. Yeah, but it's a Spider-Man game. My seven-year-old wants to be able to play it and can and doesn't need me to come fix everything like he yeah. gets all the way towards the end and he'll randomly like he might call me and be like daddy i'm having trouble with this puzzle can you help me and it's like i'm like you're 80 percent of the way in the game right now hold on okay <laughs> yeah. you gotta do and it's like a seven layer puzzle it's like okay i get why this yeah. messed you up real quick yeah but he gets it and it's the same thing as you said like breath of the wild he's further like granted breath of the wild I'm not the best with open world games. Right, man. Uh, man. It's not that I suck at them. It's just, it's too much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna meander. Yeah. I'm a little old school in that regard. Like I do a lot of retro link to the past is still my favorite Zelda game. Oh, it's a great (laughs) Um, game. That focused adventure, but like Breath of the Wild, but he got further than me to where he's like, can you show me how to do this? I'm like, I can try and help, but you're further than me, dude.
0: I struggle with open worlds because I have OCD. And when, I, I, when I found out there are, I think, like, 989 Korok seeds, I went, because, I, I have to come stop. Come
1: they got to be DQ seeds, right? They,
0: well, no, they, they're Korok seeds. No, they're Korok seeds. Yeah. seeds. I, I oh, had to interesting. It, I literally had to set it down at that point. I was like, I now that I know this— I can't play this game anymore because this will be my sole focus in playing this game going forward. I just, I can't. I, yeah. I had to, to step away from it. I, it. But But it was such a great game to kind of, because it's not... It's not. It's got a flexibility of play that's not gated by difficulty. And and he and I used to play the Lego games. Like the Lego games are great for that. Like if, if you've got a, if you've got kids and you want to yes, sit down, they're real fun. They're super fun. And they're it, so fun. They the there's you can play them in co op. Yeah, they got a good co- couch co op mode. The difficulty of those. Ga- and if you want a real challenge for them, it's like okay, we're gonna get we're gonna hundred percent these things. We're gonna unlock a hundred. Like there is a level of time investment and challenge that you can get out of that from not having the com. They can they can check both boxes It's like, okay, he can run around as a Lego version of the Hulk and smash stuff up while I go and obsess over where the hell that next gold brick is so that that we Mm -hmm. can we can win win it. So, yeah you know it's 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 been a really cool experience for that so uh, what so what other games do you do you actually kind of get because i know one of the things that he and i have been playing it together a little bit lately is destiny um and he's he's already given he's like hey you know there's a new destiny expansion coming out i'm like yes yeah and and, mm-hmm. and cross play has been great for that i mean that's a, that's another situation where it's been really mm-hmm. cool cuz um you know i we've got a ps5 and we're, we're able to get an, uh, an xbox series x i think is the, mm-hmm. the new one. and it's like okay it's awesome that we can be on the two separate consoles cuz i can't afford to get two of them um right. and and be playing the same game in the same universe it would be a lot cooler if we didn't have to get on the alexas and, and shout at each other up and because there's no cross play chat yet so it's like alexa tell everyone that i need to fire team up um right. oh shit it's about to it's probably about to do that um uh, but uh what, what games what games do you play with your kids
1: uh so sometimes it's stuff like I said, like Miles Morales, where mm-hmm. it's like it's a single player thing, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting with them, I'm watching, or they're watching me, or whatever. Um, but if we're talking multiplayer stuff, it's funny it depends like the answer. You know, I can say things like Smash Brothers mm-hmm. or Mario Kart or Mario Party. Um, but the answer is most often depends on which kid. Yeah. Um, because the older one he's into mostly newer games and also likes a lot of not necessarily mature, but more mature games. Yeah. he uh, like, you know, he closer, like the closest thing to quote immature would be like Fortnite, right. um, but it'd be stuff like 2k or Madden or, you know, something like that, which he got into sports through me and me explaining them. And, you know, I love, uh, love basketball, especially, but also football and explaining all that. So it will be stuff like that. Whereas the younger one, he loves retro games. Like, straight up loves him loves the old school look and whatnot so you know we might sit down and do like i'll be excited to ch- i'm definitely going to check out the new kirby with him oh yeah um but it's like stuff like mario odyssey or even going back to like that super nintendo level uh kirby superstar or kirby's dreamland three and then you or he'll sit and watch me may i can tell can tell you I have learned to be really damn good at Mega Man, <laughs> which I already was relatively right, good, right. but I have had to become good because there was a period where they, he would want me to sit down and on my, like, I got a super Nintendo classic when those came out. And then, you know, I modded it and put in some ROMs and stuff and I would have to sit down and basically every day play at least one Mega Man game, like start to finish out of Mega Man 7 and then Mega Man X, Mega Man X2, Mega Man X3, or Mega Man in base to where I've got those maps memorized. I've got, but what's funny is it ended up like parlaying into uh, a skill. Um, Now, especially I can speed run uh, my favorite one, which is Mega Man X4 Mm, Uh, specifically with zero. I do like a 100% items and everything run and I can beat the literally like from clicking start to end credits under an hour i can do a 100% run dude
0: and mega uh-huh. man games are no joke I, I mean i like mega man i think 3 was the farthest i ever got like i, I like that was yeah. uh, I, I don't know why I stopped playing them after that I don't I did something about the X series or something just when they they made the transition from like their because that was the last one I think on the regular NES was probably the last one that I played Um, and then Mega Man Legends on the PS1 I was really super into when it came out I Um, love uh, Mega Man Legends so I'm not gonna lie it's such such a weird weird, but it's a good game yeah it's I mean that's just it it's a great adventure game and it's just like this is the I I would play a Mega Man RPG I would straight up like you know all all day long Um, but uh, oh, Jamie Jamie's chat. Uh, let's just throw into the chat real quick. Uh, I love all the Zelda games. Jamie's got a Triforce tattoo. That's what he doesn't want to tell you guys. Was, uh, was Link to the Past your first Zelda game?
1: No, my first one was Zelda on the NES. And mm-hmm. uh, look, technically, I think it was Zelda 2. Ooh, that's like Was the first yeah. one I actually played. Yeah. Uh, but like the first one that I was able to sit and complete yeah. without anyone helping me was hmm. Linked to the Past. Because uh, I've heard I've the original heard. was.
0: The original, like Zelda, the original Zelda 2 was brutally difficult. Like the original Zelda wasn't terrible, but it was a huge time investment. I mean, my, I guess yeah. I got it for Christmas one year. My friend and I would play it and we would literally go and try and burn every tree and try and bomb every segment had, of the you? wall and just poured a ridiculous amount of time going, okay. This, Cause you could only throw out like three flames at a time on, you had, that uh-huh, was the upgrade. And, then, you had candle. To the and, and come then come back. And then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and it, it's so funny that that game tricked people into accidentally doing hard mode but for, because if you put Zelda in, then it automatically kicked you over the to second the second quest, quest, which was incredibly difficult, well not but significantly more difficult and significantly difficult from any of the guides or anything that was in Nintendo Power or any of the stuff because, again, it's pre-internet. This is the Stone Age. So I, I know people are like, yeah, man. I that game was so brutally tough. Like, what we couldn't figure out where anything is so like, what are you talking about? It's like very linear from one to two to three for the first the first bits. Uh and I was like, Oh yeah, I know, because I put Zelda in as my name. I was like, well, that's what you get for not being creative or not being an egoist and naming your character after you, like right. I did. So but,
1: and, uh, but, but Link to the Past was the first time I could be like, Oh, I don't, I don't need a guide. I could just mm-hmm. like, there was some searching still. Don't misunderstand yeah. me. But like, it was just the level of intuitive was it's, just so tired. It's I'm like
0: okay, very well designed, man. I went back and played like uh, the first couple hours of it on the because it's on the 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 switch now within the mm-hmm. the virtual console on the switch or whatever they call it, the virtual console on the switch. And I was like, I forgot how impeccably designed this is, man, where it takes you without feeling like it's handholding, takes you step by step to orient you to the world and and what you're going to have to do um, in in such a great way.
1: And one of my things, like to the point where now, you know, I'll have fun and I'll do like randomizers Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how you can tell that game is very well made, that there is literally a program where you can take your ROM and plug it in and it will take all the items in the game and go. And you can still beat it. Like yeah. you can, there's a great number of ways you can randomize it to where you could like, it even has checks on the, the program saying like, Hey, are you, do you want to require like knowing about glitches and bomb jumping? Or do you just want to be able to just like, if you know enough treasure spots, you can beat this normally or whatever you want to do. And it's like, there's different levels there. Like to where if you've got like, if you've got even mild Zelda knowledge, you can beat this game with everything broken. Like you got a glitched Nintendo cartridge. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's how you know. It's like, it's a well-designed game at its core. Cause like the the basic functions can only change, but so much, you're just kind of getting creative with how you approach it.
0: So to, to kind of pull back from video games for a second and, and talk about specifically streaming in general. So you've been streaming for, for, I think you said how many years now?
1: Uh, almost three years, almost In Angel, years. it's going to be three years. What, uh,
0: what got you started?
1: So I started out doing like YouTube videos and such, mm-hmm. um, uh, doing Let's Plays, what have you. I had a plan to do long-term form content, this, that or the other, and then ended up like, I wasn't even really, I wasn't aware of what Twitch was. Uh, when I first started, and then a friend's like, hey, you should try streaming. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> it's this site, and you can play live with people. And so, like, uh, it's like, think about how YouTube people watch you. Well, like, they'll watch you live while you play and comment, and you can see the chat. And I'm like, all right, sure, I'll try it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let's, uh, let's do some old school stuff. Let's play some Legend of Zelda. Let's play some Final Fantasy Tactics Thursdays. Uh, I'm specifically mentioning that because one of the folks in chat uh yeah, <laughs> young yeah. G-san, Uh, he was one of my first ever followers oh, who right to on. this day still supports me great right uh, which is awesome but yeah no it's like it, i mean, you to end up going live and it's like i you know when it started out it was just a couple people i knew and now at this point it's like you know i built a fun community a bunch of people who are real supportive and great and uh understanding and we were you know we try and do work on education, this that or the other, all while having fun. And it's it, it, the fun thing about that you don't know until you get into streaming is you can. There's support out there. You'll yeah. find support. It won't be anyone you knew before you started streaming, right? Unless it's like people you found, you know, through Twitter or whatever. But I mean, like. Like, you know, when I first started, like I would post on Facebook and, you know, with people who are like family and friends, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going live da, 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 da. and I haven't done that. And I don't even know how long that's not, a way. it's you find, you find your people, uh, you find your support. I see.
0: That is the, I was just talking about this, like, man, zoom and camera switching drives I me mean, nuts. I lost, we lost Moyle somehow. Um, I thought it was maybe somebody jumping on finally, since, yeah, Jamie's sitting in the chat lurking. All right. Now well, let's toy with this a couple minutes. Bear with me folks while I struggle with, yes, I'm going to remove that. Boom. There we go. And then we're going to resize this guy here real quick. Um, Boop. There we go. And then we're going to do this guy. But uh, so if uh, if you had tips for new streamers, if you had somebody who wanted to get into streaming, what would be, uh, you know, and I I say the same thing to people who do improv. I'm like, I know this is like asking a mechanic. What's the one easy trick to make your car go faster? Right. But for for <laughs> what's the one easy trick to help you get into streaming?
1: Um, OK, this is going to sound really lame, well, I don't like to use that word. Let me rephrase. It's gonna sound really cliche and chintzy, but I swear it's real and true what I'm about to say. But there's like a a, a specific point to it. That is, uh, be yourself. Mm -hmm. What I mean is twofold. One, as far as what you put in front of camera, people can tell when you're genuine. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm a very animated guy in general uh you know i'm a very uh, active energetic guy like i kind of wear my emotions and my personality on my sleeve yeah this is me about as muted as i get like when i'm streaming if I'm, like that's that's me that's who i am in real life and so i sometimes i can tone that down if it's a situation like this be a bit more calm but i tend to be a pretty energetic and hyper yeah you know, just a guy with some energy mm-hmm. to me but people can see that's real. now it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea yeah. That's fine. It doesn't have to be. Mm. But the people who come know they're getting me. Right. The other part of that though is don't try and chase what's popular thinking it's going to get you somewhere. Right. I have seen any number of you know people like latch on to some popular game or something like that. And that's not to say don't try new things. You know, I've played Among Us since it's come out. I've played Fall Guys, mm-hmm. but like just for fun to try them. But that's not what I do as a streamer. And they know that. Like my yeah. audience knows that. If all of a sudden tomorrow I was like, all right, for the next month, I'm only streaming Fortnite. Like that's not, I'm not going to get anywhere. Right. But, you know, you can try new things when it comes out. If you're genuinely having fun, all right, go with it. But play what you want to play Mm-hmm. And you will find the people who want to be there for you. Yeah. And that's why like, there are people out there who are absolutely like single game streamers and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. If you are really good at this one thing and you just want to do this one thing, that's fine. But I have found that when you do that, oftentimes people are coming for that thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, well, I'm tired of this thing. I want to do something else. People are like, well, I'm here for that. So I'm going to go. Yeah. I don't have to worry about anyone getting used to what I'm doing because I'm telling you right now, if you're, if you're specifically coming to Twitch to look for like the world's 1437th best player of Parasite Eve, then cool. Uh, you got me, but if you're going to be sad when, when I'm not still doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one of those things where like, I know I'm going to bring me to the table I don't have to worry about yeah. getting accused of taking it. I don't have to worry about any of that. And like, the other thing is because I'm kind of just doing what I want. Like I said, I was saying beforehand, like I've been going through, you know, I broke my foot a couple of weeks ago. I've been going through some stuff. So it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I'm stressed. I'm not going to keep going with the stuff I've been doing. I'm just going to kind of play what I want for two weeks. I'm going to do some drafts in magic, the gathering Arena. I'm going to play some monster Hunter. I'm going to, one day I'm like, I'm going to boot up stardew Valley and just start a new farm just to chill and relax and have fun with it. And people still come and hang out and talk with me because the game is just kind of there. Now there'll be new games that like, I'll be interested in like, there's a new game coming out called triangle strategy. And like, Mm -hmm. I've been talking about that for like a year. Like I'm playing this game. The moment it comes out, I don't even stream on Fridays. I'm going to stream that Friday for like six hours. And then that's, we're going to continue from there. I'm going to beat this whole game on stream. When it comes out, I'm so excited for it, but that's me saying like, Hey, I'm really excited about this. It's not me saying like, I know this is going to be popular. Right. You know, there's a different, so it just be you.
0: Well, just, yeah. In, in this particular, you're you're making you're the content, not the game, in that particular situation. And it's your connection with the activity that you're engaging in that's the draw. So as long as you've got that connection and that passion, that's what people are going to going to come to watch. If, exactly. If, yeah. So it's uh, just
1: one of those things where, like, I I know it sounds cliche, and you know, if you well, you're you know, there'll be people like, well, what else? And I'm like, well, just. Yeah don't expect things Yeah. like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't just kind of take it as it goes, but just be you genuinely reach out, genuinely talk to people, genuinely try and get folks involved. And, uh, you, the only other thing I can really think is like, you know, when people say like, what kind of equipment, this that, or the other, you know, I've spent the time long enough that I've been able to invest in some better equipment, you know, and get a wave three mic, which I think is really good quality, but you don't need that level of mic right. to do it. Like I started without one and there were people here. I upgraded this cause I wanted, you know, cause I'm doing voiceover. I want a better quality mic. The, the ring lights I use, yeah. man, these are some $12 on Amazon specials.
0: You oh, just yeah. get a couple
1: of them and aim it and work here. You'll be amazed what you can do with a basic lot. Like, I've got a Logitech, but it's not like a new like logic Stream Cam. It's mm-hmm. the same webcam I've been using for four years. Yeah, five years. It's not exactly new. It, you know, it's it does ten. I think it does ten. It does ten eighty p. It does ten eighty p. I just confirmed by
0: looking at it because it says ten eighty
1: <laughs> p. But the and resolution, you can, as
0: you leaned in, was just can, crystal clear. Yeah. 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 Can you
1: can you get like a Sony oh, yeah. A10 yeah. and do an elgato's Cam Link and do 4K? Can you? Sure. Yeah. Once you hit a certain level where like streaming, you've got you know a thousand subs a month and streaming is your income. Should you invest in that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like for starting, I don't need all that. I've got a couple of twelve dollar. Uh, like I said, like between the two ring lights maybe 25 bucks Mm -hmm. a regular webcam and a mic. And you don't need those ring lights, but otherwise, like I'm, I just perf- like the way the amount that twenty five bucks does for my picture quality is worth it. To
0: me. oh, oh and I then, know. Yeah. Like this- I, I'm pretty sure I'm using the same exactly. Amazon twenty four ninety nine on sale. Waited for it to pop on sale, and it, it makes a huge. <laughs> it makes me look like I have a healthy skin tone, which is otherwise, <laughs> it. yeah, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty. It's not boring.
1: like you know. And there's, now again, I'm not saying anything against the idea of, you know, the existence of higher end products. I'm Mm. not saying anything against upgrading when you want to, if you've got the ability, what I'm saying is you don't need all that. Right. You need one of my favorite streamers ever. A good friend of mine. She's a wonderful human being. She is one of the gold standards to me of streaming pleasantly twisted. Uh, Her real name is Nessa. She's a wonderful human being. Um, for those who want to follow her pleasantly is spelled normal it's all one word no underscore anything pleasantly spelled normal twisted is just T-W-S-T-D no I in there or E at the end wonderful human right ridiculous talented one of my favorite running jokes and stories is that um, there is this steam game called 20XX and then it got a sequel called 30XX and it's basically just like what if Mega Man X was a roguelike? Which is to say like, what if it was procedurally generated? Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't know what the layout of the level would be like until you got in. The layouts are somewhat randomized by its program. You don't know the order of the bosses and what powers you're gonna get. You don't know what equip, like what uh, power ups you're gonna find, just go. And it's a fun time because, you know, introducing that. But the mechanics are very clearly Mega Man. You run and jump and shoot and dash. Almost identical to the the old games. She played 30XX for the first time. She's someone who doesn't play Mega Man in the first place. Mm -hmm. She played 30XX for the first time, and she doesn't let people backseat because she's a good gamer. But if she knows someone personally like she knows me, she might say, like, if she's in chat, hey, you specifically, like, I know you yeah. do this. So she was like, so she was playing it for the first time and she's going through the level and I'm just sitting there in chat. I'm like, I'm glad you're playing this. You know, it's one of my faves. She's like, oh, I sh- I knew you were all up in this. I was wondering when you were going to show up. And I was like, girl, you know, it. I told you about 20XX. I was all about this the moment it dropped. Like, I've gotten people because there's co-op. I've gotten a few mm-hmm. friends of mine, their first ever wins through the whole game by carrying them through co-op, things like that. So she gets there and at one point she sees like the scrapper cycle and she's like, Hey, an Orion, an Orion only. No one else in chat. What is this? And I was like, the shop? <laughs> literally, I was confused. I'm like, what are you asking about? And I literally like to this day, we laugh about it because yeah. I was genuinely like, Are you asking about the shop? She goes, Is that what that is? I'm like, Yeah, that's the shop where you can go in and buy like extra health pickups if you need it or extra upgrades with all those bolts you've been finding. Have you just been not going into that? She's like, yeah, I didn't want to interact with it. Cause I didn't know if it was, and I didn't know if it would mess with me. So she had never gone to a shop at that point. Cool. The shop is right. Like it's before the boss door in every level. She <laughs> goes through the boss door, fights the boss. That was the last boss.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. She oh, accidentally
1: challenge run the game that's for the first time ever. I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? You accidentally did a first time. Ju- what do you mean?
0: <laughs> nice. How does that happen?
1: So, but the thing is, like, again, she's someone who wildly talented. Yeah. You know how she started streaming? She started out playing uh, Dark, um, Darkest Dungeon, mm-hmm. which is a great for those anyone who hasn't played it. Another great indie game, really really fun. Uh, it's like a turn based RPG, but like it's very difficult, and you have to ma- like it gets into the idea of characters having eight health, but also stress levels mm-hmm. that have to be managed this of or the other. She was playing Darkest Dungeon with no cam, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> using her phone to see chat and to, to be, and to be able to talk about it. And now she's a Twitch partner. She's got, she literally will, has hundreds. You know, her CCV is, is somewhere around a hundred, it can fluctuate, but it'll be somewhere around a hundred. Super, and she's been, it's not like she's been doing this for nine years. Yeah. You're only doing a little bit longer than me. She's really talented. She's really very genuine and everybody comes for her right so she can kind of play whatever she's like today there's days where she's like i'm gonna bake yeah it's not even a game she goes in her kitchen puts on a camera and says i'm gonna bake today and of course i'm gonna watch her bake because it's her
0: yeah. you know? and i think and i'd like to get your opinion on this too with you know obviously the pandemic and then the last couple of years changed not only the way that we lived our lives in a way that a lot of performers had the ability to interact with their their crowds so yes. people who might have not like stand up comedians DJs I, there's a, a i think a broader variety of content that has leapt into the streaming realm over the last two years because of covid than where previously i think the, the original conception was yeah that's where people go to play video games in front of other people right where now yeah. it's like hey remember public access it's like wayne's world except way easier yeah. um and in certain ways you know what i mean like because it, it is very much a a a extremely capitalized, but also democratized way for you to jump on and produce content right from the beginning. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to have a single thing to do with video games at the end of the day.
1: Oh yeah. Listen, uh, like you can kind of do whatever you want. And I guarantee you, there's going to be someone out there who wants to see it. If the question is just are, again, are you being you Yeah. now? I also don't want to sell a false bill of goods. Like, there's someone out there who wants to see it. That doesn't necessarily mean there's 15,000 consecutive someone's who wants to see it right. <laughs> currently while you're live. Right. But there's someone who wants to see it, yeah. but you just got to find the people, but you know, they're out there and it's, you can kind of, I've seen a good friend of mine literally started doing like knitting and crochet mm-hmm. and just that. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, what did I ever think, prior to a pandemic that I would just take, you know, during a portion of my afternoon would sit. And if I'm doing something, pull up someone knitting. No, but I will because it's, she's talking while she's doing it. Occasionally I'll throw in a joke. It'll be funny. There'll be some lo-fi music in the background. I'm chilling out and it's just soothing. If I'm working on something, if I'm typing something up, working on, working on a draft, running some numbers, it's just something calm. It's chill. It brings me into a Zen state. So, you know, I can't necessarily point out another thing that doesn't like that.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and I think there's an interesting conversation about the advent of chill core games like what's the one where you put up your socks that came out recently uh, unpacked and uh, that, that are that are games that have a challenge to them, but really are more oriented about to Kind of a calming, more laid back experience. Hey, real quick, guys. This is Jamie joining us. Uh, Andrew's computer crashed, and Jamie was able to hop on in his place. It's not just that uh, the Andrew Bear crashed. This is a totally different person who's joined us now. Jamie, do you, do you, do you, thank God you're here. Do you have any questions that you? are? Jamie uh, also does a uh, video game podcast in addition to mm-hmm. giving the loot in our stream. So he is kind of our, our our man inside the system when it comes to the video game video game industry. And actually, uh, he. And uh, three or four of our other cast members went to full sail and trained in the or, the, the, or, or, or got uh, trained to become game designers. And, and Jamie, okay. not too still, far off the road. Yeah, jim you still work in the game industry, right? Yeah, I, I do. I do mostly educational kids games right now, but yeah, I'm still doing it. So, do you have any questions? I know uh, you're also following the, along. You're so also like, our yeah. big Zelda guy, so throw out some Zelda, some some Zelda stuff some Zelda stuff oh man <laughs> uh, well I, I, I heard you say that Link to the Past is, is one of the, the one that you like the most is that correct yes, yes that's my favorite, favorite as well so that is the Dang. correct answer
1: <laughs> um, listen I've said before like I am the, I can be objective about things hmm. where I'll be like you know here's how I subjectively feel and here's what I think is the objective truth and like I've said before with Breath of the Wild I think objectively it is maybe the most important Zelda game outside of Link to the Past because, like, it is the one that had people realizing, like, oh, a Zelda does not have to be go to this dungeon, Hmm. find an item, item. go shoot (laughs) that boss in the eye, go to this dungeon, get a hookshot. Like, it doesn't have to be that. And I'm glad they did it because of that. And it makes them a bit more free and loose. And they kind of started it with a link between worlds on the 3DS. And this is where Mm -hmm. they were like, we're just gonna break all convict, all everything we've known, start fresh, do something wild, like no pun intended, wildly different and see where it goes. And it was great and it was really successful. And that's awesome. And for me, it's like a seven out of 10. I, I can't stand The, the, I call it the weapon fragility system. Like, I understand why. Yeah. I understand why it's important. I understand mm-hmm. why they did it. Mm-hmm. Weapons are too fragile for me to enjoy mm-hmm. as a guy who gets OCD about mm-hmm. his gear. So mm-hmm. that's a thing for me. I can't stand how far flung the world is because I will meander. Man, I'm not going to stay on the same, on the path and focus and do a quest. And I'm going to get lost. And then I'm going to run out of all my weapons because I keep running into enemies and they break. And it's a self-fulfilling cycle. It's yeah. not for me. It's not even in my top five of Zelda games but I don't think a it's a terrible game. And I still do think B it's objectively important, but I'm, am I going to go back and play it tomorrow? No. It's why I've actually said, uh, I, the only, I'm not going to get most likely, at least I'm not going to get Hyrule warriors age of calamity Mm -hmm. because they announced a new fire emblem warriors. And I'm like, well, that's going to be where my focus is going very soon. Uh, (laughs) because it's fire emblem. That's the only excuse I need, but I played the demo of that a little bit and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this feels mechanically like what if Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. gave me small focused missions in understandable areas with linear... Oh, I will play this. Like, this is exactly what I want. Give me the same mechanics and puzzle Learn. solving and everything, but give me a focused area to work in. That's it. That's all I want. Like, yeah, if I, I wonder mean, if we'll ever get back to the, the more like uh smaller Zelda now that like the open world ones caught on so big because like it, it just seems like they're they're gonna run with that for a while now for a while at least and that's kind of gaming in a whole like I've had a whole soapbox about this <laughs> but I, let me if I may deep dovetail into a really minor thing that just it's it's a thing for me. Games are too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember like when when the companies like are like the the big kind of example of it recently was dying light 2 when mm-hmm. they were like our game takes 500 hours to complete it's yep. roughly as long as walking from madrid to warsaw and i'm like and everyone kind of reacted with hey man i don't know what you're going with here this isn't this isn't the way to go but then they're like okay but being more realistic yeah. Uh, the amount of time it takes to properly complete the game for just a regular person. It can be beaten in like 80 hours. And I'm like, you're still not helping the case. Listen, I want to be clear. I will absolutely put 80 to hundred hours into a game. If I love it that much, I know I will because I've done it. Yakuza like a dragon is a game. I have poured my heart and soul into. Mm. I put a hundred hours into that with more than one run, <laughs> final fantasy seven remake between regular mode run, hard mode run, getting into DLC. I put a hundred hours into that maxing all types of stuff because I loved it, but I literally have to love it and go out of my way to do it. When you tell me in order to enter the game, Mm. to beat your game, it is a 100 hour journey. That is not a selling point. That is a threat. Yeah. (laughs) That that, That is a threat against me. I'm a dad. I ain't got time. And it's part of why I've told people like, they had Spider-Man on the PS4 in 2018 Mm -hmm. and then Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I've now since played both of them to completion and did 100% of the map and everything. I will pick Miles Morales over the first Spider-Man 11 times out of 10, because I 100% beat that game in about 17, 16, 17 hours. And then there was stuff that you could only do with new game plus, but because I had beaten the game in literally like 17 hours, I was totally willing to go into new game plus. Yeah. I was like, okay, sure. I'll go back in and re-experience it and get all these little odds and ends. I couldn't get before without getting here because I know that my end, like, I'm not going to have to collect everything quite the same. I'm going to be a higher level. So at the end of this, it's going to be a total investment of what? 30 hours for two full playthroughs. I can do that. It's the same thing with people keep saying like uh, the last thing. And then I'll let you see there. But like, on the, you know, they'll talk about the golden standard old school RPGs and like, Final Fantasy six or at the time, three and yeah. this game that game. And then Chrono Trigger. And it's like these 30 to 40 hour RPGs wrong. <laughs> Chrono Trigger, one of my all time favorite games was not a 30, no. 40 hour RPG because they made the new game plus and they had 13 different endings and it was perfectly designed so where you never needed to grind. You go back and play Corona trigger right now. I don't care if you have never played it. I don't care if you haven't played it in 20 years, you can beat that game without grinding or maybe doing it just a little, you can beat that game and do the end game stuff to get like extra weapons and armor here and there within about 17, 18 hours whole game. And then the new game pluses are faster because you're a higher level and you just cruise through the beginnings. So like, please stop making these 150 hour games. Give me a smaller experience that I'll actually finish.
0: Yeah please i'm begging you yeah that's that's all i can all i can play now is stuff that i can drop in play for 15 to 30 minutes and then drop out and if i feel like i can make substantial progress while doing that like hey hades 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 was the perfect game for that like i could come in not even go all the way through a run get halfway through a run click that suspend button on the on the switch and walk away and feel like hey you know what I just didn't waste 15 minutes in a game. I feel like I played a fun game, made some progress, yeah. and now I can come back and pick it up later. It, not being able to pause a game is also—it's like, guys, you guys, and, and, and i got kids. I who knows what could happen at a moment's notice. I need to be able to hit a button and walk away from this, and not and not lose everything that I've been doing. I I do not understand games. I mean, I understand MMOs where other people are involved and stuff like that, but I need to be able to walk away from a game and not have it end the game. Mm-hmm. With
1: Hades, like you can even and it's like you said, you can have this run be like, you know what? I need like three more keys to unlock this next ability. So I'm gonna. I only have. I got like twenty minutes. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna hop in a run and I'm just gonna keep looking for key doors. And Damn. if I can find a third key in twenty minutes, cool. I'll kill myself after that. Who cares? Damn. I just unlock the new ability. And then next time when I can sit and play, I've got it unlocked. I'm done. Like you can do that, and you can you can put as much or as little time as you want. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, but my uh i'm playing nobody saves the world right now that's my drop in play for, for 15 20 minutes and walk out. man it's a it's it is beautifully unbalanced in the right ways as you as you get in and you kind of play with it a little bit it, it's got some zelda vibes to it uh it's it's pleasantly weird and yeah i can come in and sit down play for 15 20 minutes do one of the, the quests to advance one of the subclasses <laughs> and drop right the heck out um and still feel like i got something done and had a great time playing as a weird magician that throws exploding bunnies at people. It's (laughs) it's incredible. (laughs) Okay. I think we're getting at the back end of time here. So is there any, any questions for anybody in the chat uh, that anybody has in the chat that we haven't, uh, that we haven't hit on. Um, And while I wait for those, the, uh, that was one of the things that was a big learning curve for me on the, uh, uh, on on streaming, I was like, "Oh, there's a delay. I yeah. didn't realize that. It's not just that the people who watch this are slow typers. It's that I I they're hearing what I am saying." slightly in a different time than when I say it. Um, And it
1: makes it even better. Like when you, when you're learning about how good your internet connection actually
0: is, (laughs) like, it's
1: great where I, like I moved recently Mm. Uh, prior to moving where my PC was, I had to run off Wi-Fi. Mm. Now I have it directly connected, tethered in. I have not had a single issue since. And it's lovely. I've got a great connection and like, I'm Spectrum, but I know because of how they had to handle it, they literally had to come and install all new wires. Oh, nice. Because there was a construction thing next door and they ended up tearing up all the wires accidentally. So I know I got all brand new wires. So it's working great. I'm like, I know it's going to continue to work great. That's wonderful. Um, but here's the thing: like <laughs> now that I'm plugged in directly, I don't have to worry. I used to always have to be mindful of the, the, I have like a tracker for the stream stats. Mm -hmm. Used to always be mindful and look because occasionally I'd be talking and be like, man, people are taking a second to respond. And then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I dropped a bunch of frames. Hey, Everybody, (laughs) you should refresh. You're probably, and then I'll go check, like pull up the stream and like, or because what I do to see if there was a continuous issue is when I start, I pull up a window of my stream alongside me. Mm -hmm. So that if I start having an issue, I can pop over there. And if I see it's way delayed, I'll refresh it. And I'm like, okay, it was just a one-time spike. I'm good. Right. Um, so there'd be the times I'd go and look and I'm like, Hey everybody, you should refer, you know, I'll go and check. Hey, you should refresh because you're literally like a minute and a half behind me. If you oh, were here. Wow. Yeah. The spike was going on and then people would, and you know, getting used to that real
0: fun. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We bought uh, the place that we're at. We bought um, and uh, an engineer had lived here previously and he dropped hardwire connections in every room in the house. And uh, so I did. And then AT&T put fiber optic into our neighborhood. So it's like any other conversation we have now is, okay. well, what are the schools like? And then number two. What is the internet like, and how much will it cost for me to get plugs? Yeah, I, it's it's beautiful, but I can't go back, man. It's I can't go back. I, I, You're stuck I, with it forever. I, I can't move backwards. <laughs> it, there is I, I the before times. I just uh, so uh, I can't even imagine. Like I, I I've got like my Alexas on Wi-Fi, but that's it. But everything important uh, is plugged into the to the jujuju. And I'm actually fixing to start a job uh, with a uh, computer cable manufacturer and importer. And uh, uh, in the interview, I was like so. We got the hookup on the Cat6EA, right? Like, you guys are gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna replace all that network cable in my house, right? Uh, so that, uh, that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> you gotta cover yourself, you gotta cover yourself. But, uh, question from the chat, uh, how did you get into creating a podcast, finding guests? Uh, I, I guess, is that a I guess that's a qu- more of a question for, sorry, us, for you. Yeah, for us. Um, uh, well, so yeah, because it's 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 your guy, yeah, um, yeah. So the uh, three two years ago, uh, a little over two years ago, a guy that I knew from World of Warcraft, who I'd met during Brewfest, who I had gotten to be really good friends in with in real life, said, "Hey, man, we're fixing to go into the second season of our D and D podcast. Would you want to jump on?" Um, and I said, "Sure, sounds good." And I, literally, again, the same week, my son came to me and went, "Dad, have you ever heard of D and D?" And I went, "Well, the skies parted, the DM." Uh, g20 floated out of the sky and landed into my hands and I said okay well this has got to happen um, and, and so that's what started started me doing it that first podcast didn't really work out um, and as I could kind of see it getting it towards the back and I was like well let me I got this group of Guys, I played Destiny with, and um, it would be there, there's a really good dynamic for the story that I kind of want to tell for the D and D podcast. It's a diverse group of people, so it's not going to be five white bros sitting around playing D and D again. Although we are incredibly broy on Give <laughs> Me The Loot, um, and uh, so let's let's start that up and kind of get that going. And then that eventually evolved into us uh, doing some streaming content for um, for che- to fundraise for uh, Game To Grow, and then just to do some variety content because creating a podcast uh editing is the is the boulder that i roll up the mountain to have roll back over me every in fact when i get off of this the first thing i'm going to do is strap right back into that episode edit cuz it's i've got one due on tuesday so um getting out and doing some community interaction through um through collaborations and stuff is uh, really a great way for us to meet the community and to a great way for me not to have to edit stuff too much afterwards. <laughs> so um, have you, so, uh, but, but have you, have you, other than dimension 20, have you done any other kind of regular actual play? I know you do, you do. And I do want to talk with Jaspers before we, mm-hmm. we, we come So you talk a little bit about Jaspers and your work with them, if you don't mind, because I think they're an incredibly important organization and I'm a huge fan of what they do. Yeah.
1: I am a Jaspers game day ambassador. Uh, so basically I work with them, I you know, representative of them and they do work, you know, in the specifically with uh, suicide prevention and mental health awareness, uh, through the art of playing games and our, and our slogan is you are not a critical failure and having the tools and resources available for all those who need them. Um, and so through them, like in general, as far as, you know, whether I've done anything longstanding, what have you I've done. So many charity streams at this point Mm -hmm. as a player and what have you um, just across a bunch of different charities, not just with Jaspers, but in general, done a lot of playing. My first one I ever did to give you an idea uh, through streaming was not, was in 2020. No, January uh, was, uh, it was a stream where for anyone who's familiar with uh, Proton John, he was actually one of the players as well, which was a very fun experience. You know, a couple hundred people watching for my first ever live streamed game. Uh, but, you know, uh, and then since then, I've done a, a bunch of others. I have been through Jasper's able to play on the d d Beyond official channel, doing a, you know, doing some charity work there uh, and hopefully, looking to do some more moving forward. And then also, there is a group known as Roll Together RPG. Uh, they are directly, you know, affiliated with Idle Champions and uh, Warriors of Waterdeep and things like that uh, through Wizards. And I have done two seasons with them of a show named Andor, which mm. was very fun uh, as a regular cast member throughout both. One of the uh, two three members were of the cast, like there's been a total of like eight or nine different cast members between them, like people rotating in and out, Mm -hmm. but three members of the cast were there for both uh, seasons. Although only two of us played the same characters. One of them switched in second season. Uh, But, you know, it's been fun doing that. And I do have some stuff in the works uh, for some long form actual play stuff that I want to bring to the cool, table cool, cool. Uh, both as a player and as stuff I'm organizing uh for instance uh we're still working on some of the details of when it's coming out it's probably going to be closer to april um but I'm going to be part of a group that includes um classical Glazer, uh wally 132 um uh, uh the brandy rose and the mental woke we're going to be doing monsters which is basically um It's going to be a hack of Urban Shadows, second edition, but it's basically going to be like just a sitcom, Mm -hmm. but where the central conceit is everyone is some variety of otherworldly beings. So vampire, fae being, I'm going to be a werewolf. Um, but it's the idea is otherwise it's going to be like a classic sitcom. So even the way Monsters is written, it's very much like the font mm-hmm. of friends yep. with the letters <laughs> tilting and the little colored dots in between. Um, uh, and so, and for my character, for instance, and, and Wally, we, we decided to take inspiration, and the Brandy Rose, even all three of us ended up taking the character inspiration from a living single uh, nice. for our specific people. And so I'm going to be like, what if Overton was a werewolf? is nice. basically my starting point and I'm building from there. Things like that. So it's going to be fun times. And uh, then, you know, with my love of Fire Emblem, I have a Fire Emblem based AP. I'm in talks with some people to try and get cool. going later on in the year. That's going to be fun. And then another project that I'm kind of still in the talking phase. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll see what comes of that. So I'm, I'm working on pushing, you know, this year I really want to try and push and get involved in more things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why, you know, when you, you know, not, for nothing, but like when you met me, like, Hey, would you like to, know? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm, I want to meet new people. I want to <laughs> play a new thing. I want to do stuff. Yeah, I like they,
0: fun and meeting folks. Well, we, we really appreciate it. one last question from the chat and then we'll wrap this up gang. How do you balance gaming as a job versus gaming for fun? That is a, a great question because really your work life balance now has taken your recreational piece that would normally balance out the work and it's just become a hot spaghetti monster of of interaction so how do how do you isolate those two or do are you even able to isolate those two
1: kind of and what i've basically come to the the conclusion of is like for me at least it helps to keep something even if it's still gaming to keep something for you For instance, I've said I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan. um, On the Nintendo Direct that happened this week, they announced in June, they're coming out, June 24th, because that's burning in my brain, they're coming out with a new Fire Emblem Warriors game, which is Mm -hmm. Fire Emblem, but you're running around a battlefield and fighting like it's a Dynasty Warriors game or what have you. Um, And I might go on stream and play that a little bit just to show people, especially, you know, hypothetically, because I've got connections with sega and square enix and a couple other companies if i uh if i you know connect properly with nintendo for it and they you know happen to provide me a key or anything i might play it a bit on stream just to show it off and have fun with people and that's it like i'll play it a bit on stream and have fun but that's gonna be for me that's mine that's my joy that i when i play it it's gonna be i don't have to be on i don't have to be because you know, I've told people like, and I've explained to people before and by and large they get it, but it's like streaming is kind of in the same vein as, which it's also something I've done since middle school acting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I've done school acting. I've done community theater. I've uh, done, like I've studied it, studied performance as a concept and this, that or the other. And like when you, when you are a good performer, you are legitimately on you're turned on you're in the scene you're in the moment your body's usually at least somewhat tense you have like a potential energy through you and that you're ready to push forward with and it's the same thing with streaming like as a good streamer at least you're not just people say it's like well you're just sitting and playing games a good streamer is not just right. sitting and playing games or sitting and playing D&D or whatever they are there they're part of it they're in the moment. And like, you have to be pouring out energy and that Mm -hmm. takes something and you end up attaching it to what you're doing. It's the same reason why I tell people all the time, like there are very like magic arena Mm -hmm. because it's so specific is like the one game, especially because it's keyboard and mouse and how I have to think is like the one computer game I will often play outside of streaming but by and large i don't do computer gaming very often on my own Mm, it's very rare like a game really has to take me because this is work for me like this is my workspace yeah and mentally when i'm on a if i move away and i'm at a tv at a console and i'm chip that's relaxation mode. Right. And I like separate things. It doesn't mean I can't, it's just easier. So presetting, having a game like, no, this is an off stream game. This is a me game. This is a game I'm playing for myself. Yeah. Is a thing before Christmas, I got as gifts from people um, like from people like got it as a streamer, not people personally. I got both Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for PS5 and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for PS5. I was like, which one do y'all want to see? Because I'm going to play one of these on stream. The other one became just for me. It became something I got to play and enjoy. Uh, and it's not that I don't want to share. It's that yeah, I have to segment something or else everything mentally becomes work. Yeah. And I need to have that thing where I'm like, no, I need my own space now. Right.
0: And there's, there's very different stakes with it. Like recently um I, Stumbled ass backwards into appearing on Conan O'Brien's side podcast. And um nice. I, I, the Conan needs a fan thing. They were like, tell us an interesting job. Yeah. I was like, professional dungeon master. And they're like, Conan would like to talk to you. I'm like, I don't know how I don't know what to do with this. I don't um so but after that, somebody from uh, a from Austin reached out, I'm like, hey man, um, do you want to put like a gaming table together? And up to this point for the last three years, really, I had only been playing D in fifth edition for performative purposes. And so I went, mm-hmm. dear God, yes, I want to have a table that I just play for. Yes. F- for people who will not be recorded, will never be on a stream. I certainly am going to take some of the shit that I do that works and use it on the podcast later. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Recycle upcycle the shit, but, but the the stakes are so different doing that because I don't have to worry about, Oh my God, this combat is running an hour and a half long this is going to be a drag to listen to it's as long as the players are engaged and are in on the encounter and enjoying themselves that's the joy of the moment for me and I, get, I really get to experience that particular piece of it um it is it's a whole other separate challenge because I'm I am now DMing for complete strangers for the most part and I'm like I don't know where any of these people's hot buttons or or cold buttons are yeah, so I've not. got to kind of suss that out a little bit which is also it's that's a really cool social challenge for me because I am not a, outgoing the fact that I am putting my mug on a screen in front of people and talking is baffling to me. But I, you know, it's been, it's been a really cool experience. And it's really fun to do. So uh, cool game. Well, we're going to wrap it up real quick then. Um, thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. Uh, Josh, you can find him uh, at uh, an, an orient GD yes, on, twi- on Twitter, uh, gamer dad, Graham on Instagram, uh, youtube.com forward slash gamer dad. And then of course uh, a N, O-R-I-A-N-D on Twitch, correct? Or has it got the GD at the end of it on Twitch as well? It's just Orient. No, no, no,
1: it's just on Twitter. Someone has had that name Anorian for literally like, as far as I can tell, they retweeted literally Two things back in 2012 it's someone where the account is in France and I've never been able to have it. And I keep watching, I'm like, (laughs) one day this account is not going. I keep being like, maybe I can report the tweets that they retweet. (laughs) But they don't have anything they've tweeted, it's just retweets. I'm like, tweet anything, I'll report it into oblivion until you're gone, and then it's mine. But no, so it's gotta be an Orient G D
0: for now. Well, we'll get uh, so we we'll, when we we will get all those socials up in our uh, our Discord. We'll get all that uh, out when we because uh, we'll put this back on the podcast podcast feed in a couple weeks on our on our off week when we're not doing a campaign episode. And we'll make sure to list everything out there. Thanks so much absolutely. for coming on, man. Especially for uh, for being flexible in the scheduling and on the timing and stuff. It was absolutely a blast meeting you and, and taking the time to ch- to chat with you. Uh, and uh, this is the moment point where I, I ramble on endlessly till I figure out which button stops to stream. So make stream end now. Night everybody. And stream!